Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan. Then he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather from all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that you do it quickly. And so here we have Joash, who's now king. I don't believe he's seven years old when he put this order out. (laughs) But it says here that he walked right with the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. The priest is the real, you know, witness, blessing in the story, right? This priest Jehoiada loved the Lord. And, and all of the reforms were taking place because the Lord was using him to do so. He is the priest of the Lord. He is legit. But we're just told here that, Je- that Joash, the king, walked right with the Lord only during the lifetime of Jehoiada, the priest. So the priest who raised him, the priest who, who, the priest and his wife saved Joash's life, preserved the kingdom. Joash only walked strong with the Lord or right with the Lord while Jehoiada, the priest, was alive. And this is scary to me. It's an enigma. Think about this. One can seemingly walk with the Lord because of outward examples, outward influences. The priest showed him how to walk, right? His education in God showed Joash how to walk right. So he walked right according to his education and according to his mentor, what the priest did, how he lived, just in observing, he did. But the moment that outside influence was gone, he would turn away from walking with God. So, the lesson is that one can, can do all of the religious outward things, but yet inwardly not have a real love for God that says no matter what the outward influences are doing, I'm going to love God because I love him for myself. I love him for who he is, for what he's done. But yet, people can learn to do the religious thing. They can walk like a duck, quack like a duck, but not really be a duck. That's scary. It happens all the time. I think there's going to be a shocker of how many people uh, are left behind. The rapture comes. I just want to be found loving the Lord for myself. I often ask, if you were the last Christian on earth, 
would you still love God? If you were the last Christian on earth, would you share with people to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand? Would you share the gospel? Or would you just go on living your life like everybody else? I know that you would preach the gospel, Sweet Hills, because you love God. But know that people can play the part, learn manners, especially our children who are growing up in the Lord. Pray for, the, pray for all of our kids here that they go to Sunday school and they learn how to love God for themselves, not just because mom and dad or the church, or, but that they, they understand that they need God who saves us from ourselves, from sin. We want a real relationship with the Lord. That if all churches were forced to close down, that those at Sweet Hills will still share their faith with people, still walk with God and, and love Him. Just like Athalia had destroyed the worship, had, 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 was killing off people, but there was a remnant of people who held their ground because their hearts burned for God. And Joash, not so much. It says here that he set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. Now that's a beautiful thing. All right. You have, we don't read that Jehoiada, the priest, Who's like the hero of the story. We don't read that the priest thought, hmm, you know, let's do some repairs. It looks, uh, God's house uh, doesn't look too well. Let's make it. It wasn't him. It was Joash. But when Jehoiada is gone, Joash forsakes God. What good is to have a heart to to build or repair God's house when your inner heart isn't for the Lord. It's easier for Joash to build, to repair God's temple than to offer his own body as the temple of God, which our bodies are. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, we're told that our bodies are the temple of God. Jesus said that those who believe in him, him and the Father will make their home in them. We know that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in us and we are born again. That is what God desires, that our inner heart is for him. Then it's good to repair his temple. I remember when we were blessed with this property during COVID. By God's grace, we stood open pretty much, right guys? We were over at Ripley Park and we, we, were, we were approached by the guy needing to sell this building that he had only for two years and was going to start a ministry that didn't work out. And we got all this for undervalue. It's a miracle. It's in our name, Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, to the glory of our Lord. And all of that was filled with, with little pebbles and, and so... There was no grass, and so we had all we had a work day of work days. It was a work weekend. It was it was it was fantastically terrible work. I hadn't done labor like that, and yeah, you know, it was slave labor, man. But we did it for the Lord. 
Most of the guys were amazing. All of them were amazing that day. But there may be a couple that aren't walking with God today, but felt good about moving rock for God. And we know our God wants their heart more than he does all the pebbles moved and dumped over there. And there are folks who give to the church financially. There are those who, who do works and say, okay, I met my quota. Lord, now you leave me alone and don't ask me to do anything else. Where Jesus said, if you want to come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Blessed are you if you say to Jesus, what do you want me to do still today? I'll do anything. Amen? Joash shed his heart and he asked them to go and get some money for it. Go out to the cities of Judah and gather from all the all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year. So it's year to year, right, to maintain it and see that you do it quickly. However, the Levites did not do it quickly. So the king called Jehoiada, the chief priest, and said to them, Why have you not required the Levites to bring in from Judah and from Jerusalem the collection according to the commandment of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and of the assembly of Israel for the tabernacle of witness? For the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, had broken into the house of God and had also presented all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord to the Baals. And so he asked them to go out and do it quickly, <laughs> which is cool. We see jo- uh, Joash, had a, had a, his heart was set to do repairs, and he gathered the guys together and said, go out and do it quickly, gather the money. And then they didn't go out quickly. And so it's like the priest Jehoiada, like, what, what, you know, shouldn't you go out and do this dil- diligently, you know? In a, in a quick manner, and and it just blesses my heart because this is a, a mighty man of valor, Jehoiada, but he wasn't perfect. <laughs> you know, he needed an exhortation to chop, chop, get going, hurry up, which is just a picture of the church. We're all in in different places in our walk with God, and the job of the ministers is. The elders is just to exhort people, encourage people to do all things under the Lord diligently and to make sure that we do it efficiently and on time and all of those things, which is another lifelong study of the Lord, that a Christian should do all things under the Lord, work hard and all that work ethic that, you know, usually fathers and mothers pass down. But when you, when you have basically neither, it, you pick it up where you pick it up. And now as Christians, we pick it up from the Lord. Amen? But again, we bear with the scruples of the weak. People, I've seen people who were not diligent become diligent. You're looking at one of them, right? There's so much to the characteristics of our God that he wants to bestow upon us. And as we grow, you know, I've just seen changes. In, it's beautiful to see the changes, you know, in people's lives and become, you know, really productive and responsible and, it's just, it's one of the greatest joys of my heart to see people just, 
you know, uh, be super productive and super diligent and super, you know, and then it all works together. We're all there, iron sharpening iron, and God will send some super uh, punctual, on time, uh, hardworking people to come into the, throws those sheep into the fold, and it gets the other ones to become a little more like Jesus. Amen? And then some of the laid back uh, Jesus freaks teach that uh, diligent, super hardworking person to chill sometimes. So it all works out. Anyways, why didn't you go out and do that? Why didn't you go out and get it? Then at the king's command, they made a chest and set it outside the gate of the house of the Lord. And they made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, had imposed on Israel in the wilderness. And all the leaders and all the people rejoiced, brought their contributions and put them into the chest until all had given. So it was at that time when the chest was brought to the king's official by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money, that the king's scribe and the high priest's officer came and emptied the chest and took it and returned it to its place. Thus they did day by day and gathered money in abundance. And again, God calls us as Christians to give. He just does. There are people who want to debate that and Usually they're the ones who don't like giving. The world says put your money where your <laughs> where your mouth is. You know, uh, our Lord Jesus gave us everything. And then he says, then we realize when we come to faith, my goodness, all that I have is because of his grace. The Bible says a man can receive nothing unless it's been given to him by God. And we're all happy and we're all joyful when we come to the Lord because of these things. But then you read in, 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 in the Bible, you read what, what, uh, what our Lord teaches. As he says in Luke chapter 6, 38, give and it will be given to, to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And so Jesus begins to teach us that we are to give. And he also tells us that it's this, the same measure that we use will be measured back to us. Some will argue, well, these tithes, man, that, that 10% was given to the Israelites, and we are not the Israelites, so we don't have to do that. They were under law. And under the law, they gave a tenth of what they were given. Abraham, before the law was given, gave a, a tithe, a tenth to Melchizedek. Um, Thank you very much. But if we're under grace, and we understand that our king died naked on the cross for us, and we're going to celebrate it next week, he's given us everything. Money is tricky because we need it in this world and, and it's an unstable world. But yet the Lord says that if we give, that he will make sure that our needs are taken care of. How he does that? A miracle, that's how. 
an absolute miracle. I got saved and I, I just remember times when I didn't tithe. I didn't give. So I was afraid. Times were hard. I was broke. Thought I was broke. I didn't, what do I know about money? I grew up in a broken home and in a gang-infested neighborhood. What do I know about saving? Putting aside 10%. Yeah, right. I never had a savings. In fact, when I got married, I had $5,000 in debt and in a, in a credit card. That's how much I knew about money. And then Clarissa had 5000 in savings, so it's a perfect marriage. <laughs> and then she, who comes from a well-to-do family, was like, man, you know, for someone who grew up not having money, you sure eat out a lot, as if you did come from money. And I learned from my wife, my sister in the Lord, who I just learned to save. I learned to grow up. And then uh, we be, I, began, I began to tithe. And when I got jobs that I have no business getting, I got them. And I got promoted. I had no business getting promoted. And I got them. And that's what God does. Paul would say in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8, But I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. 2 Corinthians 9. So, you know, again, if you sow sparingly, I was listening to 88.1, and I heard uh, Chuck was just mentioned. Okay, I'm taking it. I heard it today. So I'm using it tonight. But he was saying, you know, it's like a field. That's what Paul is saying. A field that's, you know, if you wanted to... Uh, Grow food, would you want a couple of seeds? What happens if you just, you had a whole field with turned dirt, weather's going to be perfect, it is going to rain, you have it all together, but you decide how much seed you're going to throw down. Would you like to throw down a whole bag of seeds so that you can have a plentiful harvest or just three so you can get three back? You're going to just, you're going to want to sow more so that you receive more. And that's basically the concept. I think it's I think it's as solid as gravity, to be honest with you. I shouldn't expect to get out of debt. I shouldn't expect to get out of my financial problems without tithing. Because part of the reason why I'm in debt is... He wants to teach me about giving. And so, should I read off the typical scriptures that just <laughs> convict us like crazy? Yes, I should actually. <laughs> Why? Because that other preacher, CNN, and this administration will have you to believe to be afraid. Afraid to give. As they said, be afraid to sing in the house of the Lord. Sing like they're 
You can't give. We're in a recession. Show me in the, in the scripture. And I'll show you in the scripture where it says that he keeps you, takes care of you in famine. In fact, all that scared, all that scare tactic, all of that stuff that, that you hear, and all of the high prices of gas and food and everything else went up. We know it went up. It's just a test. It's only a test. Trust in the Lord. Learn to cut back. What? You eat out all the time? Clarissa would say to young Ryan, what? You, in, you bought more shirts? Yeah, but I was abused as a kid, so I need, a, I need to take care of, I'm an orphan. <laughs> I mean, we were just, I was just dumb. I need a happy meal now. You know, you learn to soothe yourself in the Lord. You learn to do without. You, know, you fast, you pray. <clears throat> Haggai chapter 1, verse 4 through 7. God says to Israel, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple be in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much, but bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You, you clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. There's no getting out except by honoring God. And man, he got me down, like down, down, down to the dirt. When I, when I first started tithing, uh, before I got married, it was like, psh, I was broke. Tires were always balding quicker than they should. Brakes always going out quicker than they should. Just when I'm, I'm, I'm gaining traction, I'm going to be able to put something in savings. The engine, something, again. Oh. Then I almost have it, and then the windshield, a rock goes right through it. As I'm watching everybody in church, give and not me all right god all right but you love a cheerful giver and i'm not there yet but i'll just throw it in right now the cheeriness will come later and he's been super good hasn't he if you travel any to any third world country you know how blessed we are yeah, our, this church is awesome. We've done a lot of fixing up in here. Uh, fixing up in. We're going we're gonna to make the stage bigger one day. This is going to be pushed back. Same setup, but just wider. We want to resurface this uh, 70s stucco. We want a Spanish adobe smooth Thing going here we want to do the roof maybe spanish tile or black tile what else do we want to do new doors whatever's needed but that's going to take all of us you won't see a building program at this church if everyone gives the repairs are going to happen constantly 
Amen? Because where God guides, he provides. And we only talked about it because we're in it tonight. So should we think about it more? <laughs> Talk about it more? Anyways, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. You are God who provides. I have been young and I have been old, but I have not seen the righteous begging bread. I do pray for more faith in my heart. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.